Two Overthoughts, a proud member of the Overthink Podcast Network. Tonight, we are talking Theodore, no longer Teddy, and he really made a name for himself this week. I'm your host, Jason Helms, and with me, as often, is uh, my good bud, Dom. What up, Jay? Good to see you. Hey! Good to see you, man. And with me, as also often, is uh, my brother, Ben. Hey. Hey. Hey, it's me. <laughs> it's me. That's... It's- that, that's the most polite I've ever heard you, Ben. So but gentle. I didn't so have anything funny to say, so I just said, hey. All right, we're going to get into some summary. This will be spoiler-filled uh, yeah. review of Season 2, Episode 7 of Westworld, Les Ecorches. And so uh, I'll start us off with some summary, and then we'll get into the meat of it. So summary first. Ashley wants to talk to Bernard, but Strand wants to talk to both of them, and he has a gun. They all head back to the site of Teresa's murder, where they find Charlotte, and Bernard discovers himself nice. and himself. And himself. Earlier, possibly, Dolores and company raid the cradle while Bernard meets Ford in a chat room, probably AIM. Maeve flees Ghost Nation. William flees Ghost Nation. They end up fleeing right into each other's arms. And then Maeve makes half the town shoot William. Larry has a crisis of faith before he remembers that William is the worst. The worst. Before he was halfway decent. The worst. I like how he had to be reminded of those things. Right? It's tough. Tough to remember sometimes. Lawrence. Uh, which time he killed your family. Yeah. Uh, security shoots Larry, and Maeve, and then Ghost Nation abducts her daughter. Uh, Arnold steps outside with Bernard and convinces him to send Elsie away, uses computer hacking skills, and maybe shoot a bunch of people. By the way, I noticed the uh, the letterbox that time, John. Thanks for pointing that out. Uh, there you yeah. go. Meanwhile... Charlotte was trying to get inside Abernathy's head, and then Dolores tried to get in her head. Then Abernathy woke up, so Dolores killed him. Yeah, come on. Softly, with her bone saw. Wow. Dolores and Maeve traded quips, and then Dolores rode off into the sunset. And that's about it. That wraps it up. Um, Great episode. Two thumbs up. We'll get the Bernard torture at the end, right? That's the very last thing after the tor- after Yeah, the I kind of kind of glossed the waterboard. That's fine. Sorry. Uh, do you want to get a, a list of some of the other options he could have had? Yeah, we got a close-up of all the host torture, the possible host torture. What, was, what were some of the things? Tick, uh, tickle dancing? Uh, tickle dancing. Tickle dancing. Tickle dancing. No. Scalping, uh, psychological torture. Nickelback. Farm- Nickelback. Nickelback. Oh, my Nickelback. gosh. That was rough. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Bernard, do you remember this photograph? Every <laughs> <laughs> time I do. Makes oh, me laugh. No. So we got a cold open. I think for the first cool. time since the first oh. or second episode. Straight yeah. to... Present day Bernard and Charlie again. A lot more Charlie this episode. Mm-hmm. And by a lot right. more, I think it was like four or five frames total. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering how much of that is just like, hey, remember this storyline from last season? And how much of it is like, hey, we're bringing this back eventually. Or if it if it's meant to do what it does, which is just like, hey, crazy stuff's happening. Mm-hmm. Be, right. dis- be disoriented. Right. Now we can move on to the story. Which seems a little yeah. cheaty, but it, it does that to me every time. I don't know. Do you think it means mm-hmm. anything when they do stuff like that? The the fact that they went back to Teresa Colin? To Teresa and Charlie and all that kind of stuff where it's just kind of like flashing in left and right at the very beginning there. Mm. It's just like, hey, we're going to time travel today. Get ready. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I will say real quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am loving the previously ons that don't have any dialogue in them. Yes, oh, yeah. that was you know, such like, a beautiful previously on. The, yeah. yeah, the past two previously ons haven't had dialogue. Yes. And, like, just kudos to yeah. the editors and That's production. That's a good call. Anyway. And 
they also uh, geared me up for the show because they they had a few nice shots that had already been planted that were very um, Sergio Leone, Sergio Leone, with the the tight shot on the eyes uh, and yes. loud noises. Yes. Uh, and that set us up for the three way duel with uh, Larry, Maeve, yeah. and William, uh, which was was a nice little. I I I was like, oh, it's a Leone episode, like very early on. And there were a couple other Leone things throughout. I can't remember which other ones. You even have a good, the bad, and the ugly with that trio as well, which is oh yeah, pretty clear. That's awesome. Sorry, El Lazo, you're not very good looking. Larry, Larry is me. good. El Lazo is good, and he is beautiful. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I never yeah. thought. Yeah, it's always the the dialogue is always what makes those scenes so forced and so like mm. El Lazo, what are you doing here? And you're like, okay, so I know he's going to be in this episode, or like. Yep. I miss my dad from Dolores. You're like, okay, so we know Aberdathy's going to be like. All you have to do is listen to it usually, but yeah, it's a good call. It's a it's a much more artful way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, to go back to your first question, Ben, I I appreciated the callback to Teresa. She was one of my favorite characters of season one, and her murder was for me one of the turning points. Of yeah. That, of that first season, even in the sense of like revisiting a location. I appreciated the callback to season one. Yeah, that's true. Uh, And then, and then taking it deeper with, with a secret passage. I knew you'd have skeletons in your closet. Oh, that's painful. Beat. Oh, beat. That that one hurt. That one hurt. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. Well, the, the other thing I liked about the flashbacks uh, that only works during my current flashback uh, is the fact that now we know that Ford was in Bernard's head while that was going on. Mm-hmm. So as Bernard is remembering those things, it's not telling the audience what happened. It's sure. Bernard actually remembering each of those things. And Ford is watching that. Ford is seeing Bernard murdering, murdering Teresa. Yeah. Uh, he's present for all that. Yeah. I thought that was a cool twist. The whole, the whole idea that he's and the whole time I was like, Oh, is he, does he control Bernard now? Right. The last half hour of the show or whatever it was. And mm. I'm like, no, I guess he's just talking to him and he's, he can he's, if he needs to. He's well, yeah. And he's making, you know, he's insinuating himself in his situations and he's kind of convincing him. But then at the end, obviously, he's like, no, he's just kind of controlling him, which is a mm-hmm. good metaphor for the whole show. Right. Like, yes. What is he? What's one of the first things he says to Bernard? I knew what she'd do. I didn't compel it after he yes. says, like, you made Dolores kill you. And he's like, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's we've talked a lot about that of like, this is this is the idea of free will. Right. Was, yep. we, we were made to do this or whatever we do every single day, but does that mean we don't have free will? Even though it's, it, it we're compelled to do these things. Does that mean that we're you know been predestined to do that all we're of these forced things? Forced to do these right, things. exactly, yeah. 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 Which I love that in just one line. That was that was really well said. And we finally got fr- confirmation. It's not B equals T. It's B equals F. But still, pretty mm-hmm. solid. Yeah, yeah. True. Yeah. Teddy's off the rails. Oh. Theodore, we Ben, we decided last time it's Theodore now. Sorry, sorry, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I wasn't in the episode. I did edit it, so that means I barely heard it. So <laughs> <laughs> I just basically go for ums and clip them out. So yeah, Theodore, and I never say um. That's so true. Um, you have it. Um, yeah, me neither. Uh, Perfect. That's all I say. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So this version of Theodore is the best. Really? It's so much more enjoyable. I think because it's what the show is becoming for me, which is just like really fun visual excitement. Yeah. And when when I try to think deeper, which I realize is what we're doing a podcast on it, like it just hurts. I don't get any good answers when I do that. There's no like, oh, this meant this the whole time and this is this ultimate truth that we all love and like we all agree on and this is a cool twist. Mm. There's small ones like Ford being in Bernard's brain here and there, but like – 
it just seems like when I dig deeper, I'm I'm left wanting. So cool okay. things like crazy shootouts and Maeve getting shot, which is a surprise, and William almost dying and Lazo dying and was it Clementine that actually did die? Like or yeah. whatever. Who knows if hosts hosts can die? I guess right. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. The cradle's gone. I guess. Cradle's been robbed. I will bet you fifty dollars. There's more backup somewhere. Is that we already know? There's maybe, extra Bernards in a different place. Maybe that's the Valley Beyond, right? Well, backup. That's backup bodies. That's different than uh, the cradle. Well, mm. we should, they should go to her brain and pick it up and put in another body. All right, that could be done. I don't yeah. know, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I, see, Ben, I miss I miss Teddy, and you're so stupid though. Uh, and well, I would argue that in a show like Westworld, uh, the role of the virtuous sheriff is a thankless one and Mm -hmm. it's very hard to play that and for an audience to buy it like this is someone who genuinely believes that um and i thought james marsden did that well and yeah for westworld to have a character who shows mercy Yes. And incorporates mercy into their view of justice for me is very interesting. Yeah. No, I, I agree with all of that you said. I feel like Marsden, for the most part, did a good job, although it seemed like he was a spineless version of that too often. Okay. I feel like if he was a better foil and a better, I guess, more merciful version of Dolores that was more awake and more knowledgeable, because it seemed like he was merciful, but also just like, Naive, floundering, and naive, and didn't wasn't really at her level. But if he was at her level, but his point of view was, "Hey, I'm Dolores, and I'm awake, and I want vengeance." But let's be merciful in this vengeance, or in this awakening, or in this revolution, whatever it is. Mm. That to me would be much more compelling. But it was just often like Dolores is going to swash him. How long is this going to take? Fair. So I think I think Teddy is another uh, kind of a control or variable that we can see. Uh, in the sense that uh, the keyword Ben that you used, I think, is awake. I don't think Teddy is awake in the same way that Dolores is. I think it's a quantitative That's fair. difference. Yeah. It didn't seem like he was ever there. I right, and I think that her attempt to change his personality um, showed that in that he's still not awake. He's still just doing the yeah. program. The thing that was frustrating about him when he, is when he looks at her and says, "Hey, look, we we could just start a house to uh, a family together. Let's let's just run off together and be together." And he literally wants to stay in Westworld and just live in a cabin together even though he knows he's a robot. Like, he literally just... His brain cannot get outside of being a host. And I think he's still that. Just now he's Dolores' host. Now he's the the host that she wanted him to be. Uh, but the painful thing is that he can... He has not woken up. And I don't think that he will. This might be the thing she keeps saying about the Valley Beyond is not for everyone. It's It doesn't seem like it's for him. Uh, in the sense that he can't wake up in the ways that Maeve and Dolores yeah. have. I think we got confirmation this week and we guessed at this previously of the idea of who can Maeve control, right? And there's different groups of people. There's some that are awoke and have free will, and there's some that Mm -hmm. are still kind of just hosts that are being robots, right? And just like when she got to Lazo, he's he's in the process of being awakened. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so she couldn't have control over him, but she could control everyone else that was still this mindless robot that whatever, for whatever reason, maybe we'll find out later that Ford only gave the sentient gene to certain robots or, or maybe it is just a natural evolution. I don't know what it, you think that's what yes. it is. Yeah. I don't think he gives it. I think he creates opportunities for it. And there'd be a reason why Dolores is so far beyond all the others in that she was the prototype and she went through mm-hmm. all these different stages. Um, now why 
why Maeve is a completely different question. Well, yeah. part of it is because she saw her the, the she saw her back end, right? Her back end code. Right, but why did oh, she wake sure. up for that? Okay, that's fair. Uh and it, in a sense, I mean so did Teddy, and that really yeah, didn't change yeah, much exactly. for him. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um and it, we noticed like when um changing, you know, the empathy and intelligence and cunning and things like that does not change the person. Maeve yeah. is still Maeve after she upped her own. Teddy's still Teddy to an extent. And Teddy's still Teddy. So that'd be a cool twist is for him to get some empathy back, right? And, and kill Dolores before she does something horrible in the last, in the finale or something like to, to show that like, no matter what these iPads do, these, these robots are still the people that they have always been kind of thing. Right. Well, that I, yeah, yeah I'm not sure if the empathy would do it. I think in a sense, him refusing to ever wake up would be what would be the most Teddy thing. Or that, or that, uh, yeah, 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 refusing to kill someone that Dolores tells him to kill, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that he would like, you, you, like we saw his body in the lake. Like, is that is there a potential that that's an an act of self sacrifice? Right, right, right. Like, rather than do Dolores' bidding, like he self destructs or like self terminates. Yeah. I'm really excited to see uh, where they go mm-hmm. from here. What is the uh, so this I, I think we'll get to by the end of this season some version of at least the the first steps of which is what is this next next evolutionary step that they kind of talked about a couple times in this episode that the mm-hmm. robots are what does that look like because I think in a sense not even Ford mm-hmm. knows that he's creating a space for it yeah it's it's no longer my story I'm telling it's yours it's what he sells says to Bernard. yeah because they they do away with their backups so they. I mean, it's called the cradle. Like they, they cut the cord between them and their old, like the old formula and the old cycles. And now, yeah, that which is irreplaceable. And so now there's, you know, data wise, nothing binding them to Westworld. Yep. It, I feel like these scenes should be better. Like the scene, uh, hmm. the the big reveal scenes. Maybe it's just because Reddit exists, but even in watching them and talking about them, right? That's all we do. Like we're not scaling Reddit every single week, reading every single article before we record every week. So this is just mm-hmm. three guys talking about the show, and a lot of times it feels like we're one step ahead. We weren't ahead of Robert being in Bernard's head. That was a cool twist. The whole AI or the whole digital copy of Westworld. We'll get to that. That was a cool thing that existed that we did not predict. But the the scene with uh, Charlotte Hale and Dolores. When she's like, you know, well, I can't remember exactly what they said, but basically she, she thinks she has one up on Dolores by saying, like, we're going to destroy the backups right. and then you'll be loose. She's like, yep. that's not our that's not our backup. That's our chain or whatever she says. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, that's a cool I, I line, thought, like, that was a reveal. but, like, we know, like. I, right. That, that was a reveal for Charlotte, not a reveal. Well, it was played well, acted well. Like, there, yeah. there, are certain, there are certainly members of the audience that that was a real reveal for, but I didn't that's feel fair. like. That that was more of that uh, Sophocles tragedy thing where like everybody knows what's happening except for the central character. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you just get to watch All that right. person realize it. So I, I was okay with that. Um, yeah, this there were a few times in this episode where Megan was sitting next to me and I was just like, "Damn!" Yeah. So this this episode really floored me. I was in on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the idea that they. Pra- I mean, it makes sense. Just I guess if we'd been like, "How do they build Westworld?" This would have been one of the steps. But the whole idea that they built. Everyone, and not just the fact that they have copies of everyone, but the fact that like this is where they play tested everyone, mm-hmm. right? It's a little, a little yeah. Black Mirror uh, illusion, but the idea that Bernard has existed like f- 
thousands of years. I think that he said years twice. He said him and Dolores talked for years trying to get Bernard exactly right based on Arnold. And that probably wasn't human years. That was probably just thousands of simulations. Yeah. And yeah, I think, iteration upon yeah, iteration. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that could be a, a few minutes or whatever So in, in uh, Earth 606 time. Yep. Let's talk about um, the control and the variable because uh, that was one thing that was yeah. used. Um, I haven't spent any time on Reddit yet, so I need to go back and make sure I understand it right. But I think I've got it, which is um, the goal is to achieve immortality, yeah. right? And by putting people in Westworld and having them, uh, the guests, start acting, uh, because the hosts are predictable and do the exact same thing over and over and over and over, they've created, you know, the actual physical Westworld, in a sense, is the simulation where they've done thousands and thousands and thousands of social science experiments to isolate yeah. what does it mean to be human so that they can right. then create uh, Delos, right, and, and bring him back after death and bring everyone back after death. Uh, yeah. And then the one problem there is that they can bring people back, but it only works in the test. Uh, in other words, if you leave Westworld, slowly you'll degrade because there's uncertainty and not everything right. is predictable. Right. Uh, so we can give you a kind of immortality as long as it's immortality only within this small world. Yeah, when when Ford first, or when Bernard first started breaking down the control and variable, I was confused. And then when they talked about, or Ford says, that, you know, they being the humans, like they don't want you to become them. They want to become you. Yeah. That's when it made sense. Like, oh, okay, this is how it connects back to Delos and that way of achieving immortality. And, you know, even going back to when Bernard first went into that, the lab with the, like, the sentries or the the Westworld crew uh, and seeing the, like, the DNA or something sourced from a host uh, that was in itself like a little kind of nod to some sort of data mining, some sort of gathering that's going on beneath the surface. Yeah. So in my mind, I am trying to categorize Westworld, Westworld still, right? There's, there's like my spectrum of direction. Mm. And on one side is Michael Bay, which is just yeah. like running and fire and one-liners and no depth. In his movies. The other side mm-hmm. is, this is going to piss people off, because uh, I just sound like a, the biggest bro when I say this, I think, but like uh, Chris Nolan, which okay. I, I will say at his best, can ask really good questions. Every single shot, every single line has true meaning and depth and is very well thought out. And like there's twists along the way that are mind-blowing, but at the same time, like in retrospect, I'm like, oh, of course, like that's obvious. Like they've been planning this all along. It doesn't feel like he's like, writing it as he's going right mm-hmm. so at least like technically at the very least very well written very well directed films and then in the middle jj abrams somewhere in the middle i'm not gonna say exactly in the middle, but like very entertaining very questionable choices here and there but like usually leave and i'm like yeah like that was that was very competently done right mm-hmm. uh and i'm trying to figure out where jonathan nolan and lisa joy and they don't obviously direct every episode but uh they're mm-hmm. the creators uh, are in this and I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out constantly. And I want them so much to be Chris Nolan. And I feel like they're the best episodes are the ones that lean more towards 
towards the Michael Bay side that are just like, shoot him up some cool one-liners and let's get out of here. And like some obvious exposition, which we got at the, the beginning, the end yeah. and right in the, all the Robert stuff's just exposition. Very well done. But it's like, here's what's really happening, Bernard. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's this is all the stuff you've been guessing at. Sure. This is what's actually happened. Sure. It feels like, yeah, I feel like the, the strongest episodes of Westworld are a blend of the two. I think, Episode four, uh, Riddle of the Sphinx, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorites of this, I think I think my favorite of the season, uh, had the recurring scenes of Fidelity and William and Dallas, which definitely felt like, yes, you know, kind of like in an in inception or some kind of mind game trickery. It also had the, uh, like the Delos as like monster scene at the end where like they set the room on fire and I think there's the shootout with Lawrence and his family and, and William. So that felt like a blend. I think this episode feels like a blend in that you have mass exposition in like the lawnmower man, you know, this, whatever's going on in the cradle. Yes. And then you also have a scene in the, like the actual cradle where you know like welcome to westworld and they detonate the place which is like that's a total action scene yeah but that had a lot of meaning too at the same time right i mean yeah she's sacrificing herself so her people can be free Uh, like it's it feels like a like a pulpy uh it's a set piece right yeah i mean it's it, it feels like to try and get your your question like Westworld is a, is a like a pulpy PhD degree. Yeah, I I think um, I think Christopher Nolan to Michael Bay may not be as wide of a spectrum as we need. In that, I actually think Christopher Nolan is an intellectual Michael Bay. Watch your tone. Watch your tone. In that, it's and, and, stay on target, and your mileage may vary. I'm not saying all of the directors. This is the spectrum. I'm just saying in which Westworld lives. No, no, but I I just want to be clear about what I think about Christopher Nolan, which is I, I love his movies. I often don't like to rewatch his movies uh, because mm. as I rewatch it, once you get the twist, I, I, I kind of, I, I've received it. It's done. Have you seen Interstellar? And that's the one exception. The one exception is Interstellar, which Fair. I think does okay. have a great deal of heart. Um, okay. And I want to see Dunkirk again to see, because I, I think that that's also a very different movie than the rest of his films. But I think a lot of, yeah. um, Nolan films, especially Inception, uh, Memento, are really popcorn films. Uh, but it's a a very cerebral kind of popcorn. Um, That's fair. You know, it's it's a uh, special uh, salted caramel uh, with mm. cheese uh, popcorn. And so all the Batman films, the Batman too. films, yeah, the Obviously. Batman films uh, lean a little bit more the Bi- Michael Bay direction in that they're a little less intellectual, but but they work and they're they're effective. And that that was a good scene for him in that moment. Um, so w- what I think is, I actually put. Westworld kind of outside of that spectrum. I think it's actually further past the Christopher Nolan side. And again, Whoa. your mileage may vary in that it, it depends. I, I'm not going to say I like it better than Interstellar, but I think it bears up to rewatching better than Memento in that when you rewatch Memento, really? you're like, oh, I get it. No, I get it. Okay, yeah, I'm, I get it. To me, watching Memento for the second and third times was like, this is so much better. Oh, okay. Um, so mm-hmm. interesting. I mean, I understand that the big twist changes the entire movie, but I didn't think that it was like, oh, it's just backwards now. Right. Um, like, it, it, it's still enjoyable. It it helps it. it. One more time, it's like, okay, now I get all the things. Um, 
but yeah. Um, and this, I actually, so I, I didn't care uh, about the main character in Memento. I cared about solving the puzzle. Uh, in Westworld, sure. I actually huh. do care a great deal about the characters. And Ben, I think this is where you and I differ yeah. in that you've not been real connected to the robots. Uh, yeah. And I've not been real connected Can to the Can you tell humans. in my notes that that's, I call them like robot A, robot yeah. B. Yeah. The ro- this robot the said robots. to that robot, one zero zero one one zero, and then she cried. Yeah. I don't get it. Um, for, Who's the robot, me or the show? For me, <laughs> but, but for me, it's the, it's the humans that I don't connect with emotionally very much, with the exception of Elsie. Pretty, yeah, pretty much all the other yes. humans, they, I, I really don't care. Uh, it was nice to see Willie get shot. Yeah. For sure. Oh, it was great. Love and it. still alive somehow. Exactly. And Megan was like, no, don't kill him off. And I was like, yes, shoot him. And we got the best of both worlds. Shot him a bunch, and he's still alive. It's perfect. There you go. But yeah, I, so I am very emotionally connected to the robots. I mean, did, how did you feel during the Dolores and her dad scene? I don't like, I didn't like it. So I hate the relationship. Really? Oh, I cheered I feel up. Like he's, I feel like he's an abuser. I don't know why I feel that way. I don't think he's ever done anything to make me feel that way. Interesting. Yeah. I think wow. it's, I think it's his unkempt beard that okay. makes me think okay. that. So uh, it's maybe some like internal stuff that I have to deal with about God, stereotypes. God, that near, wow. that near do well speech. Um, that was so good. Did that harken back to yes. something like 20 episodes yes. ago? Yes. That was yeah. like, that was a year and a half episode. ago. Um, uh, she said, whatever happened to that ne'er do well, uh, who used to roam these plains or whatever it is. Cause he was, oh, he's okay. always talking about like the good old days when he was in my day, a, a bandit yeah. or whenever he was basically uh Teddy. And he said, he, he died the day that you were, uh, that you were born. Uh, you know, I, I became a father. I just, Oh, it pulls my heartstrings yeah. and it doesn't matter that that never happened. Right. Sure. Sure. That there was no, no yeah, I don't, that's not why I, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. But, I, but that's I, the I, funny thing to me is that it doesn't matter that it doesn't, didn't happen. In the same sense that mm. uh, in a film, if we know a character has this background, it doesn't matter that it was never filmed, that literally the actor never went through the motions. I can still emotionally emotionally feel. Totally, um, yeah. This, this season has caused me to think more and more about uh, the ways in which Westworld is actually about filmmaking. Um, but, yeah. So in, I wanted to ask about William yeah. in terms of where, like, where do you think William goes from here? Aside from not too far before he bleeds to death. Uh, his daughter has to be following him, right? Yes. Yes. And she's going to come over and save him. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. it's kind of the only connection that we know other than Lazo, and he's dead now. Yeah, let's do, yeah. let's talk big time predictions because that can help us figure out where uh, William's at. Yeah. So um, okay. we've got three episodes left. Uh, yeah. Episode eight is all Ghost Nation, uh, is my guess, based on the next time on. Then uh, that will explain to us why they kidnapped Maeve's daughter, why they've been kidnapping people, and that they are actually a force for good within Westworld and that they are awake uh, because uh, we seemed to see what's the name of the character Akacheta we saw Akacheta finding the maze we saw all these things that were pointing to him being awake uh, yeah. and so he has his own mission that he's going on that has nothing to do with Dolores has nothing to do with Maeve uh, and it seems to be some kind of reclamation work where he's pulling together people and saving them and he gets to be a kind of Christ or Moses figure that we've been Thinking that Dolores is leading towards a Dolores, a Moses figure, uh, and yet I think it's it's not going to be that. That it's actually going to be uh, Akacheta. Okay, so that will set up nine and ten, right? So this will be okay. mainly background yeah. for that. Nine sure. and ten then will be basically a two part finale. We're, we're going to get to the valley beyond. We're going to discover why it needs to be filled with water, uh, and we're going to end the season with Dolores stepping out of Westworld. These are kind of my just kind of big point guesses. Based on that, so now what do you think happens to William? I think, and based off of another review I read, I think this 
could be a really fun opportunity to introduce uh like the host William mm-hmm. because like what or who else if Westworld was mining data from its guests who other than William right. would they have the most data yes. on yes exactly uh the entire game has been him going towards immortality yeah, yeah. that's that's and why so he visits I, all the time yeah i think like if if william's daughter sees william again it's not going to be william no. it's going to be the host and the mm. the irony is that he wasted his entire life trying for immortality yeah I think one of the last shots of him is uh, with him having a gun trained on Dolores as she's getting ready to walk out of Westworld. And it feels to him like his entire story has been leading up to this moment where he kills Dolores and he stops and lets her go. Hmm. I'm down with that. And, and what of, what of Maeve? Yeah, she's not dead. No. (laughs) Okay. But so based off of the framework that you're predicting, what, if any part does Maeve have to, does she leave Westworld too? Does she stay? What, what goes on with her? She's reunited with her daughter. And I think much more of the tension that we're left with is what does their relationship look like when her daughter doesn't remember her and Mm. how can they start anew? So they're left starting anew, whether that's in Westworld or outside of Westworld, I'd prefer outside, but uh, regardless, I, I think the, the real tension and the real like unknown is what does their life look like together? Yeah, because for me, like, Maeve and Dolores feel a little bit like Harvey Dent and Bruce Wayne in The Dark Knight. Of, like, two people who are, I guess, on the same side globally, but in terms of practice, are very different. Yep. And in The Dark Knight, they came to oppose each other. And it feels like yep. Dolores with her Dolores Wyatt split is taking the role of two face. Yep. And Maeve in like she, and she says, I made a promise. Like she holds to a promise. She holds to something greater than herself. It feels like she's like, she is planting a flag. Like, this is what I'm going to stand for. All right, so season two ends uh, with uh, Maeve holding her daughter's hand right before the door to leave Westworld. And we don't see whether they walk through it. Season three, mm-hmm. cold open, is Maeve making uh, breakfast for her daughter in the suburbs. And, like, like we, we just get a completely new world. I'm in. Yeah? I'm in. Mm-hmm. But then we find out in episode nine right. that that was just a simulation. To Westworld. Yeah, that one of the worlds <laughs> in Westworld is the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. chose it specifically because it was safe in some way, and it's our world, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, uh, uh, but, Ben, you had you had some thoughts or questions about uh, Ghost Nation, actually, and uh, Jay touched on some of those, but yes, yeah, we can go back yeah. to that. Yeah, we were talking off air real quick, Dom and I. Were, I have been wondering all season long, and even last season, Ghost Nation, the idea of like, hey, let's have this Native American tribe uh, in this, like, you know. Cowboys versus Indians type thing that they kind of portray in the first couple episodes of the show last year. And then they get more into it. And ghost nation is more of these people who just kind of come in and like steal people or kill people. We don't get a lot of them on the first season. 
And now, at this point in time, after episode seven, it seems like they are a big, they're going to be a big reveal. Like, they're a force of good, or they're a force of otherness. We don't know what they are, but they're definitely woke, and they can't be controlled by anyone. Trying to figure out what they are. And so I've thought, been thinking a lot more about the fact that, you know, they're not based on a real tribe. Like, there's no real Ghost Nation tribe. But they, they speak the um, Lakota language, and they're loosely based on the Lakota tribe. The main character, played by Zahn McLaren, is uh, of Lakota descendant, and he, they, I mean, that's the language I speak. So it's, it's a lot of, you know, they're not just, like, mixing and matching. Obviously, even for the, uh, what episode was it? The Mai, um, Akana no Mai episode, they had all Japanese characters playing Japanese people. It wasn't, like, the normal Hollywood thing, or I should say mm-hmm. traditional Hollywood thing, uh, that was just like, hey, you're Asian, you're going to be Japanese today. Like, it was, no, it was Japanese Actors, a lot of them from Japan, acting in this as traditional Japanese characters, uh, and so I thought that was great. But it's it's to me still weird to be like, hey, let's have all of these people of Lakota tribe, and I, again, I don't know if all the actors are, but the main character is um, portraying this fake tribe. Mm-hmm. I was like, is that doing that tribe honor, right? Or is that stereotyping them? Or especially the first season when they're just portrayed negatively. Well, and that's one thing we should talk about is the portrayal in the first season, which evidently there was a lot more uh, Native American story arc, and the main actor died. Uh, oh, the, oh I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, and so there was a huge plan for a Native American story arc, uh, and you can see some of that in the scalping and things, that it would have led towards uh, other things. You see that in, like, the pilot. Um, but the actor who was playing the main Native American died very early on in filming. Um, not, oh. like... During a scene or something, but um, it just yeah. to me it seems weird. It's like having this like let's have this race of people that like they're a little different, but the only negative. But right. they're not based on right. these people at right. all. And it's just like let's either have them based on these real people or not have or you know can't just make something up yeah. and have people not make connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so, last last seasons was a, a very thin depiction of Native Americans, and because of that, it can lean pretty hard into just the negative stereotypes. Um, right. Uh, because it was, you know, Westworld is very Cowboys and Indians. Uh, it's very 1960s cinema. Um, but this season, I'm very excited to see what they do next week. Uh, I, yeah. Mm, yeah. I feel like they, they'll stick the landing. Like, they're actually going to do good work here. Maybe I'm, I'm too hopeful. But like you said, look at Akane no Mai. Um, they, they've been doing some really good work this season uh, in terms of representation. So I'm excited about it and hopeful. Uh, again, this is three white dudes talking about the fact that, like, Hey, I wonder what they're going to do with these other races. Like, we could probably diversify our panel a little bit in future episodes and go deeper into that. You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, I guess a prediction. Sorry, we can go back to kind of prediction mm-hmm. corner, I guess, was that the idea that Robert is the big bad, seemingly, right? They're kind of, they set him up as this, especially in season one, he's the big bad. Um, but, and he's, he's twisting everyone. Like, he made Bernard kill Teresa. He made, you know, he made him kill. Elsie or whatever happened, like he's doing horrible things the whole time. I'm wondering how much of what he's saying now is completely earnest of the whole, it's no longer my story, it's yours. Isn't the pleasure of a story discovering the end of yourself that I knew, you know, I didn't compel her to do these things. It seems like it is. Yeah. Uh, he could, it almost seems like it'd be cheating if he just like was lying the whole time. Right. Right. If he was actually yeah. writing this whole stuff, then why are we here watching this? I guess. Uh, but I, I love the idea of us, internally just kind of still hating him and us getting to the end and him controlling or uh or compelling bernard throughout the next three episodes is really 
his way of spurning on the revolution. Yes. Yep. Right? Because we know he's been behind most of it, but we have this internal struggle of, like, I still hate him, and I should not like him. But I love when shows kind of turn you inward to be like, no, you hated this guy, but he can do something good. Or not even he can do something good, he can be redeemed. But, like, the stuff that you've hated all along the way was actually leading up to him being good the whole time. And that, that's a twist I can get behind when it's, again, that in hindsight, like, oh, like, I, I am conflicted because those were horrible things, but it led up to this mm. awesome thing, you know? Well, I, I think Bernard is, um, is a, a point of view character, but he's not the hero uh, of the revolution. Uh, Dolores right, and Maeve right. are. Um, yeah. And so Ford is, he will be a tool of the revolution, and Ford is going to use him to make sure that the revolution happens. But Bernard will still give us this very grounded look at what the revolution looks like from the inside. Um, yeah. which is, is kind of nice. Yeah. It sounds like Ben, like Ford is taking a more, I guess like heroic position in your mind. I'm yeah. I mean, that's a prediction that I'm, I'm hoping that becomes that way. And it's not just got it. What he, what he has been, I guess. Yeah. I, I suppose because Bernard, partially because I like the actor, Jeffrey Wright. Sure. Yeah. And partially because I like just the, like the slaughterhouse five illusions, the inability to remember properly, like what is your memory, what has been told to you, what is Ford controlling you. And for me, like this makes Ford even more villainous mm-hmm. of taking advantage of Bernard. And so I, I, cause I want, I want whatever Bernard does to be agency, to be his choice. Um, and not be a puppet once more, even if he is, like you said, to basically like help ensure a revolution. So there's this really cool idea in philosophy when we're, we're thinking about agency. Um, we're worried about, you know, who has agency. And, uh, you know, we've got some different extremes. We could talk about like uh, biological determinism. I, I don't have real agency. It's just what my body wants to do. Or uh, cultural, social determinism, or all these different things. You know, where does agency ex- exactly exist? And a, a kind of recent idea is uh, the idea that agency is um, not just distributed uh, amongst a variety of groups, my culture, my biology, and also me, uh, but also that agency is always shared. It's not hmm. that uh, culture has an agency and I have an agency. It's that together we, uh, the term is intra-act, not interact. Oh, nice but act within a, a kind of singular agency that consists of both of us. And so this is Karen Barad's concept, uh, intra-actions. Uh, and she actually builds the whole philosophy off of quantum physics. It's really impressive and weird wow. and interesting. But I like that, that Bernard, I think, gives us a model for that uh, with Ford in his head, that everything he's doing, you know, we're, to what extent does he have any agency here? And the answer is he never has all of the agency and he never has none of it. Mm. And there are a few moments where that's not quite true when Ford blacks him out to to shoot the people. Um, yeah. But but we may discover as we go on that this actually ends up being a good kind of parallel of that concept of intra action. Yeah, I mean, there's there's throughout the two seasons, there's been a lot of very like stilted robotic acting, right? Because that they're like, I'm playing a role. Hello, my name is Dolores. Not all the time. She's an amazing actor, but uh, we all remember that famous line. Hello, Hello, my name, my is, name is Dolores. One zero zero one. Yeah, all the time, right? Pick up the milk can. Uh, uh, robots are your favorite. Yeah, I love them so much. Why am I watching this show? Uh, but I do love when they let them be free. And a lot of this episode was that the actors specifically. I mean, but uh, Dom, you touched on of just the fact that Jeffrey Wright 
the all of the torture stuff i mean was insane like mm. the the tears the trembling he does i mean he, bernard just like without the torture is a tough task yeah. for the most yeah. part because he's trembling he's trying to remember stuff like i can't imagine trying to do this type of acting as a non-actor, but like, you know, just trying to be like, Oh yeah, I'm just having lunch or whatever. And like, Oh, it's time to act. Okay, here we go. And like trying mm-hmm. to get into that mindset without doing it. Like what's it called when they just do that all the time? Um, method. yeah. And without doing do- it method and be like, I'm going to be Bernard for the next six months, guys. Sorry. It's the only way I can get to that place, but like to just jump into it. And I don't know how he does it, but like, and be able to snap out of it every time she says analysis. Oh my gosh. That's mm-hmm. what to me is most impressive. That he, he's shaking and on the verge of tears. Right? And the second he hears the word analysis, he just back to neutral. Yeah. 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 And Abernathy was, I mean, most of his character has been so, that, so right? Good. Two times 10. Yeah. And Teddy switching up. I mean, I, I don't know how much acting it takes to kind of switch and be like, I'm super robot killer man now. Theodore, sorry. To, just think about the difference we can see between Teddy and Theodore, though. Exactly. That's what I, I mean. mean. Like I'm, the say, way he holds yeah. his shoulders, like it's, you know instantly which one you're looking at. Right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, it reminds me, um, Dom, of, of? Uh, the good coop and the yeah, bad man. coop. Yeah, uh, definitely. The way yeah. Kyle McLaughlin sets his jaw. Just in terms of body posture, in terms of the way he holds, like the way he squares his jaw or doesn't, the way like he walks, those slight differences, you immediately know which character you're looking at. The only thing that annoys Ben more than robots is Twin Peaks references. Oof. I was going to try Imagine to throw one in Twin, there. Yeah. The only thing Twin Peaks is missing is more robots. More robots. Oh my gosh. Well, you haven't finished it yet. Remember? Oh, that's right. Remember when the giant was in the, the black room? That's close then. And uh, he yeah. was like, I'm a giant now, but I'm just, only a hand. Just remember, Dom, you were manufactured for a purpose, but I think uh, that's been fulfilled now. All right. I think this episode is done. <laughs> um, oh, one last thing. Um, okay. We just got a lot more. Uh, stuff uh dom and i talked about uh zen koans and dogs uh oh, last episode and yeah. uh a lot more dogs not just uh ford's dog uh his saluki or whatever it was that's walking around with him the whole time but the uh the dog skeleton yeah is hanging out in Teresa's basement uh, or the basement of the house Teresa was killed in uh there's yeah. just a very prominent dog, dog skeleton there which you get is going back to the question of is the dog alive or not um, cause it's not a real dog skeleton. It's, it's like poorly articulated in various ways, which is just such a cool little thing. Ooh, one, uh, yeah. one thing we didn't touch on real quick, uh, is that the main character again, uh, Akecheta, uh, was the same guy that got Logan that kind of the pitched Westworld to Logan. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, one, yeah. I believe good call. Uh, maybe so two, mm-hmm. whatever, early in the season. So. so is that, do you think that is the same person or is that potentially uh in the in the way that bernard is based off of arnold right right no we've already got confirmation that he's a robot because he was in the frozen scene uh we when um when he was pitching um Mm -hmm. god just forgot his name uh akacheta no uh the logan uh yeah Logan. logan when he's pitching logan remember the whole room freezes Mm-hmm. But he I'm doesn't. Pretty, pretty sure he was one of the ones who froze because he was actually talking uh, to a woman at that time. No, he's the one who's pitching it to Logan. Right, but he had gone off, and at that point when it all freezes, Logan is talking to a woman, and it's as he's talking to her that everything freezes. You uh, maybe not, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I I do think that he's a robot. Um, okay, but maybe I'm wrong. I was just wondering. Like I I just wasn't sure if that was almost kind of like the origin of. Akacheta or this like, right. 
Yeah. I think, uh. I think he's awake because he's as old as Dolores. Uh, because he's, okay. he's another very, very early model. Yeah, yeah, okay. Interesting, yeah. So, like, the age and model having something to do with it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which still doesn't answer the question, why is Maeve awake? Um, I, I think it's more complex than... I, I hope it's more complex than just seeing the code, because, again, a lot of people have seen their code now that are not waking up. Yeah. Yeah, true. I, I think that that is... The op- that's an opportunity for the show to address in the last few episodes of season two, because like, it feels like that and her daughter and controlling to a degree, other hosts like that needs to pay off somehow. It needs to culminate in something. Yeah. Other than just like, this is kind of a cool thing that Maeve does. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I love the vest by the way. Oh, dude, as soon as the vest came on, I was like, oh, the robots are going to wear those soon. Yeah. What's the MacGuffin of this scene? It felt like an Aliens reference. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Game over, man. Game over. All right. Episode eight, game over. <laughs> there we go. All right. Uh, thank you again for joining us on Overthoughts. Um, if you want to connect with us, we're on Twitter at OverthinkPod. Uh, you can find us online. Ben, what's our URL? It is overthinkpod.com. Soon to be changing that. We'll, we'll keep you updated. We'll, we'll let you know. Uh, things are in the works. Uh, you can get to me on Twitter uh, at Helm Street. Uh, Dom? You can get to me on Twitter at Dominic underscore Lang and Instagram Dominic Lang. And Ben? Twitter's the Ben Helms. All right. Until next time, uh, I knew what you'd do, but I did not compel it. I'll see you in a week. See ya. Thanks for listening to Overthoughts, a part of the Overthink Podcast Network. Uh, If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the Podcast Network. And if you're really feeling generous, go ahead and rate and review us on iTunes. That would really help us out in a big way uh, and would help us create more content to share with you as well. So as always, you can check out our website at overthinkpod.com. And our handle is at overthinkpod pretty much everywhere else. So go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. And that would help us by spreading the word. Uh, We're always interested in hearing from listeners, so please drop us a line and let us know what you think of the show. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, that kind of thing. Uh, Maybe even if you want to suggest uh, some topics for us to cover on a podcast, that'd be great. You can email us at overthinkpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for stopping by.